Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everett. On a day where the Australian sports community is in mourning with the tragic passing of Olympic snowboarder Alex Chumpy Pullen. Good evening and welcome to Time On. Plenty to get through this hour. Coming up later on this hour, we're going to cross to England because live sport is back in the UK. A test series between England and the West Indies. But it's going to be test cricket like we've never, ever seen it before. More on that coming up and your calls across the hour. one 736 736 on the phone or on the text 0433 98 11 16. A couple of minutes after six o'clock. Lovely to be with you. Jack Heverins, my name. It is Wednesday, the 8th of July. Shocking news that came through this afternoon to start the show on a negative note. But unfortunately, from an Australian sports perspective, this is an enormous story and a very sad story to start the show with tonight. Snowboarder Alex Chumpy Pullen tragically passed away while spearfishing on the Gold Coast. Just 32 years old and was found unresponsive. Uh, just off a reef on Palm Beach uh, this, uh, this morning, I should say. It's understood that he suffered a medical episode. So needless to say, our thoughts and prayers are with the Pullen family, all of his friends as well, during this very, very difficult stage. And uh, a, an absolute champion of Australian snowboarding and world snowboarding has passed away today at the very young age and far too young age of just 32 years old. So as I say, our thoughts are with the Pullen family during this very, very difficult time. News to come through from around the day and certainly as far as selection goes for this weekend. As I mentioned, we're going to cross over to England very, very shortly. The England take on the West Indies at Southampton. That match starting at 7.30 tonight. For those of us, and I think enough of you know that I'm a massive cricket nuffy and I'm craving a bit of cricket. I'll be watching tonight. It's going to be cricket that's going to look very, very different. No crowds, no saliva on the ball. We've seen some of the, the vision come through of the players that have been doing their fielding drills with, with gloves on, with rubber gloves on, and uh, it's just it's very, very different. What does it all look like? We'll find out more. And I'm interested to know from a hype perspective what the hype's been around this series as well, whether there is any hype or whether uh, England, who, like a number of countries, have got their battles at the moment, 
whether they have much of an interest in this series. We'll talk about that in about 15 minutes' time. News coming through from a selection point of view. We'll start with Collingwood. Will Kelly set to make his debut for the Pies. Now, if you were listening to Friday Night Footy last week, Gary Lyon asked a very, very pertinent question of Brenton Sanderson, the assistant coach of the Pies, and actually asked how Will Kelly was going. And at that stage, Sando gave him a little bit of a push without giving a firm indication that he would be in the team. Well, he's in this week, kicked three goals in one of the scratch matches a couple of weeks ago. And uh, whether he comes in for Mason Cox or whether he plays with Mason Cox is yet to be seen. But Will Kelly will play this weekend. Two, pick number 29 from the 2018 draft. His father, Craig, a premiership player and a very, very important player in that 1990 premiership team as well for Collingwood. For Melbourne, Nathan Jones and Harley Bennell look to be in the frame for selection this weekend. We spoke a lot about the Ds last night and I spoke a lot about Nathan Jones. I'm absolutely rigid in my view. He must be in this team this weekend and uh, it's looking more and more likely that he will be. Lockie Hunter's suspension is done, so he'll be available to play for the Western Bulldogs this weekend. For the Gold Coast Suns, a lot of talk around in the northern parts this afternoon that Isaac Rankin, pick number three in the 2018 draft, is a chance to make his debut for the Gold Coast Suns. They've unveiled virtually all of their 2018 draft stock and they've unveiled all of their youngsters in one way, shape or form, but we haven't seen one of the most hyped of the lot in Isaac Rankin, so he may be out there this weekend. Sydney have announced that they'll be debuting Chad Warner and Dylan Stevens, who was their pick five from the 2019 draft. Very smooth, moving, left-footed midfielder that I reckon should slot straight in for the, the Swans and uses the footy beautifully. So he'll be in, and the West Coast Eagles of today confirmed what we probably already knew, and then that is that Luke Shuey won't be in, at least for this game, with a hamstring injury. It's not as serious as perhaps first thought, and Jermaine Jones also won't be in the team as well. So there's a bit of a snapshot of selection news as it's coming to hand this afternoon. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I want to start the show tonight by talking about the rising star. Seems as though the likelihood of seeing Matt Rowe with his shoulder injury is getting smaller and smaller all the time. So uh, I'd be surprised if we saw him this year. I suppose the only way that you'd think about it is if the Gold Coast Suns were in a position where they could play finals and they thought they could get a fairly fit Matt Rowe back into the team, then they would potentially pull the trigger and, and get him in for finals perhaps. But outside of that, it's unlikely. Most betting agencies at the moment haven't put up a market for the rising star. Some even paid out on Matt Rowe to win the rising star after a couple of weeks. But with him not there, we've seen enough footy now to talk about some other potential candidates. Matt Rowe's going to win one. It's just probably most likely next year now. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We've got an article up on sen.com.au as well, which prompted me to talk about this tonight. If it's not Matt Rowe, and you had to have ten dollars of of your hard earned, gamble responsibly, of course. Well, you just wanted to give a prediction. You didn't actually want to have a bet on it. Who would you say at this stage would be the rising star? Who's the one that you think will win it at the end of the year? One three hundred seven three six seven three six to join us on the phone. You can also find me on the text on 0433 98 11 16. Speaking of Matt Rao, here's what John Haynes, the footy boss at the Gold Coast Suns, had to say about Matt Rao and surgery. 
met with a surgeon again today in Sydney uh, and the outcome from that is he'll undertake some surgery uh, early next week. This is the first real injury that Matt's had in his whole career. So it'll, it'll require a significant amount of time out of the game. Like Typically, you know, these can be a three-month and beyond recuperation periods. So there you go, three months. Considering that we're now in July, that takes us to August, September and October. I mentioned before that uh, if there was a situation where the Suns could potentially play finals and they absolutely thought that Matt Rowe could be back for that, then he might come in. But I would say that it's more likely we don't see Matt Rowe before the end of 2020. So who does win it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the phone or on the text 0433981116. For one reason or another, we're seeing a lot of debutants uh, debutants unveiled and, and young players unveiled this year and whether a bit of that's got to do with the short turnarounds that we're seeing in some games, but we're getting a good look at some kids. The five nominees we've got so far are Sam Sturt for his performance in round one, Matt Rowell himself in round two, Connor Buderick from the Gold Coast Suns in round three, Tom Green from the Giants in round four, and last week's nomination was Curtis Taylor from the Kangaroos. He's a very, very smart young footballer, Curtis Taylor, I reckon. So there's the five that we've got so far. The second part to this question is, can Matt Rowell win it regardless? Of the games that he's played, he might have two, maybe three best on grounds. Is that enough? Has Matt Rowell played well enough this year in the eyes of voters to pull off one of the most extraordinary rising star wins of all time and win it off a handful of games? Am I completely crazy by thinking that? one 736 736 We'll start with Mitch, who wants to send us forward with a nomination for the rising star for this year. G'day, Mitch. How you going? Good. Um, well, uh, firstly, I just want to say, I reckon Matt Rowell probably potentially could win it this year. Yeah, I am. I, um, I feel like it's a possibility. I, I I thought about this. I knew we were going to do this tonight, Mitch, and I was spending all day thinking, have I lost my mind by thinking that he can win it? But he, he probably still could. Well, I think if you put everyone in the Brownlow for their first year, you'd probably still win it out of all them. Yep. Yep, that's good logic. Um, but if not, I reckon Young from Fremantle, um, I think his name's Hayden. Yes. I reckon he can really hold his own in the back line and he's definitely getting a few disposals himself. I um, I had my first look at the Dockers from a commentary point of view. Mitch, thank you. I've watched them most weeks, but I had my first look at them calling their game on the weekend and he's going to be some sort of player. Hayden Young, he's a good size coming off halfback. He's composed. He uses the, the footy pretty well and you don't often see that straight away. Someone particularly younger players, come in and, and use the ball as, as well as what he is. And we've been talking a lot about ball use in the last week. Again, relates back to Melbourne. But, uh, yeah, I like the look of Hayden Young. The four suggestions, I don't want to read them all, but the article is on sen.com.au now, and it's got four suggestions. Why can't it be Noah Anderson? So I've said this a couple of times already. Noah Anderson's had a fantastic start to his AFL career. Now, he was the Robin to Matt Rowe's Batman. And I say that with respect, but he was picked number two in the draft and they came through together. And in the early stages of the year, there was so much discussion about Matt Rowe and the way that he's playing and how good he's been. But I, I wouldn't for a second discount what Noah Anderson has done in this team. He's come in averaging 14 disposals. He's been consistent. 
the game against Adelaide was probably the only one that he didn't have a, a major influence. 18 disposals against the Cats on the weekend and looked completely comfortable at the level. That, that's that been, aside from round one, that's been the Gold Coast's biggest physical test against Geelong on the weekend. And not for a second did I think that Noah Anderson didn't belong at that level. He wins contested ball and he wins uncontested. I think he's, I think he's going to take some beating. And he might get some more midfield minutes now with, with Matt Rowe not available. Maybe he does get an extra two or three minutes a quarter that he wasn't going to get previously. So that's my nomination. I think that Matt Rowe is not going to be there. Noah Anderson is durable. I think in many ways he hasn't been getting the attention that he deserves because of how good his mate's been. And I think Noah Anderson, very, very capable. Off the text, 0433981116. You can join me on the phone as well. Uh, this one, you can't win after five games. I haven't got a, uh, a name for that one. Yeah, I, I'd be pretty surprised. This one as well. Yep, you are completely crazy. This is from Duna. I've been called that before, actually. Rao, if Rao wins, it's a complete media-driven narrative. We, we tend to look in the here and now a little bit. I think if a couple of these young players that we've spoken about, if they start to string together a number of games, it'll be enough to sort of say, look, as good as Rao was early... Um, he, they will go past him. And I think that's going to happen a couple of times. Uh, Curtis Taylor getting a fair bit of love off the text. Brett in particular. I know Brett's a, a North Melbourne man, but Brett says that Curtis Taylor is a smoky for the rising star at North Melbourne. Had a couple of texts as well about Tom Green from the Giants. Now, he's already been uh, a nominee. That was in round four. And I would say that he's got a, a permanent spot in that team. I, I'd actually say that I think Tom Green is in their best 22 already. Tim Taranto to be back in the next couple of weeks. They're not missing too many out of their midfield besides that, but I think he's in their best team. He's a seriously good player. Uh, Duna says, I can't bet on the AFL, but for me, it's Tom Green or Curtis Taylor. Isaac Rankin, this is coming through off the text as well. Isaac Rankin will win the Rising Star if he stays fit and plays enough games. He is a freak. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see Isaac Rankin. If you haven't seen him play, I saw a, a lot of his junior stuff and a lot of his highlight reel. He's, he's a special kind of talent. He's a very, very exciting talent. Danny from Patterson Lakes says, watch out for some big Max King games. He's almost there, Max King. I think there's going to be a game coming soon. And I reckon when the bookmakers reopen their markets, Max King will be at the top of the, the tree, I'd say. He's, he's just about at the point where he's going to rip a game apart. Now, whether that's when he comes up against a young defender or he just gets a game where the ball use is coming in thick and fast for St Kilda, he's ready to, to have a massive one, I reckon. At seven goals this year. He's only been goalless once, by the way, too. And I thought the game against Carlton last week was probably his best showing so far. So he's one to watch and he might... Take some beating for sure. Hayden Young getting some more support off the text as well. And Tom Green getting more support. Tyler Brown nominated for the first time as well off the text, which is absolutely superb. He's, he's having a really, really nice year. one 736 736 If it's not Matt Rowe, who does win the Rising Star? Or, we'll go the other way, can he actually win it, even though he's only played a handful of games? Tony's in Belfield. G'day, Tony. G'day. I've got a real left field one for you, Jack. Go on. This year's Rising Star winner hasn't even played a game yet this year. Oh, right, eh? His name's Charlie Constable from Geelong. Okay, now is Charlie still eligible? He is. 
Why? Okay, so why is he not in the team now, this Tony? Um, I think they they were trying to manage him for the uh, the inevitable uh, hub over west. I think he could have got a game the last few weeks, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to unleash him this week in Sydney. Fingers crossed. And he's he's a bull inside, even though he's not built like a bull. He's quite a bull when he gets the ball in congested situations. I just want to triple check. I really like him as a player. Pick number 36, I reckon, off the top of my head in his 2017 draft year. I just want to triple check his age and whether he's still eligible. But I can't work out why he's, um, why he's not in the team right now. Maybe we will see a fair bit more of him uh, in the weeks to come. That makes a fair bit of sense. Brendan's in Camberwell. Hi, Brendan. G'day, Sam. How you going? Good, thanks. It's good. Um, I hope Matt Raubo do give it to him because I reckon he's deserves it. But um, if not, a Smokey could be uh, Noah Bolter, because I think he's going to get plenty of game time this year. I reckon he's. we're going to see a fair bit of him. And, and if what we're hearing with the Richmond injury list is as serious as what some of them are, then, I mean, he played last week. I thought he was, he was pretty good for the Tigers, um, but he's going to get more chances. He played the 13 games uh, before the start of the season, Brendan, which I reckon is going to rule him out just... Uh, there's pretty strict rules around the uh, the rising star, so I reckon that will count him out. Keep them coming. 0433 98 11 16. Jason says if Matt Rowe gets 10 games, he wins the rising star. If not, Hayden Young will win it. There's a lot of Nick Haynes about him, and they are from the same town in Somerville. Well, just around the corner. Hey, Nick Haynes is a Frankston Bombers boy, but I know Hayden Young's a Somerville boy, but yeah, I, I was really impressed with the way that he played on the weekend. Really, really impressed. We're going to cross over to London next, or Southampton more specifically. Jonathan Norman from Talk Sport will join us. Cricket's back. We'll talk about it next. Your home of sport. Time on with Jack Heverin. It's all about going out there and doing, you know, what I normally do, which is to try and influence the game as much as I possibly can. Um... So that won't be changing. Uh, it, you know, the big difference is obviously um, making decisions under different types of pressure, which we know that test matches can throw at you. Um, but I've got experience to, to look back on um, from being you know, a senior player to Joe, who's, who's very open and, and asks opinions from other people around him. Um, and also having the, the experience of what he's done in situations like that. Because I'm sure it's not all going to be plain sailing, but um, really looking forward to the challenge as well. Ben Stokes talking ahead of the first test against the West Indies. That starts in about an hour from now at Southampton. We're going to cross over very shortly and talk to Jonathan Norman, who's in transit. Cricket's going to look very, very weird, very, very different. We'll talk about that very shortly when uh, he joins us, which is having a bit of trouble getting him up at the moment. Back to your thoughts on the rising star as it stands. Uh, I've asked a question off the top of the show tonight. If it's not Matt Rowe, then who is it? Or could it actually be Matt Rowe? Could he have played enough games to potentially win the whole thing? 0433 98 11 16 on the phone or 1300 736 736 to join me. Some of your text. Uh, Will Kelly, a rising star for the Smoky? Question mark. Huge talent with a big role for him to fill at the pies as a key forward. We'll go through all of the ins and outs and the structures tomorrow night. Terry Wallace will join me for the match committee as he does every Thursday. I am really, really, really interested to see what Collingwood do with their team, whether they stick 
with Mason Cox and they play Will Kelly in the same forward line as well, whether they decide that's that's not what they want to do and that maybe it's not Mason Cox, maybe he's not in the team and instead they go with Will Kelly and put all of their faith in Kelly and Majacek, I don't know what they'll do, to be honest. It didn't work last week, but there are a lot of facets of Collingwood's game that after the first 12 minutes didn't work. But good luck to Will Kelly. If you've just joined us, by the way, he will make his debut this week, the son of Craig. Uh, Tom from Sandringham says, Hunter Clark from St Kilda will win the Rising Star Award. He was still age 20 on the 1st of January this year. It's Tom from Sandringham. I'm a massive, massive Hunter Clark fan. And you've probably gathered, especially this year, that a bit of a common theme for me is ball use. And Hunter Clark's ball use is really, really good. Cruz says, is Riley West eligible? If not, uh, if so, then why can't he win it? He's been an enormous part uh, of their team this year. Riley West played three games last year, so he absolutely would still be eligible. He hasn't played over the limit. Um, this one as well. What about Will Kelly? He's going to debut this week. He will be a star, so more support coming for Will Kelly. Jack Bytel from the Saints is getting a bit of support, and Matt says Will Hamill was exciting on the weekend for the Adelaide Crows. I've seen Will Hamill play a couple of times, and there's some good signs there. He's skinny, but he'll take the game on. Good kick out of halfback as well. So, again, that common theme of ball use. I think despite the fact that the Crows have got their struggles at the moment, they're going to give kids a go, and, and Will Hamill's a really promising young player. Mark's in Bacchus Marsh. Evening to you, Mark. Hey, Jack. How you going, man? Good, thanks. Hey, yeah, uh, old mate that said Riley West, he's not far off there, but the Dobbs have got another one, you know, under the radar. Mm. And he t- I'm telling you, He's got a bit. He's got a bit of run, and he's and he's got you know what? He's got balls, mate. He's not scared to have a. He's not scared to do things that players, are, you know, hundred games are doing. Normally, a young bloke would sort of just handball, look for the easy option, just play the team thing, not get himself in trouble. But this kid, mate, he has a crack. He's not scared to be adventurous. His name's Vandermeer. Ah, I've been waiting for this one, Mark. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I had him written down. It's like when you, you put your selections down for a race and you've got a winner and you've got your, your each-way play or your roughie. Latham Vandermeer is my roughie. Oh, mate, he is flying. He is flying under the radar. But he already looks like a very composed, adventurous player. And his body shape is fantastic. He's, he's built. He's ready for the, you know, he's ready for the grind. So... He'll be there in the finals. He won't break down. He's a good size. Um, yeah, he's really he's yeah. really built well. And I've seen him, Mark, you, you obviously watch him pretty closely. I've seen him play in about three or four different spots already. Yeah, he's, he, he's flexible. And you know what? Players like JJ, Johannesson, you better watch out because this kid can come off half back. The difference is he's got more body size than um, Johannesson. He can take a hit better than Joe and he can break a tackle better than Johannesson. So... JJ better watch himself because mm. then a few of them better look over their shoulders because this kid's coming. And once we get a few of the other midfielders back that we've lost in injury and they and they get their automatic start, um, you know, one of them other guys that normally would be comfortable, I don't think they'll be as comfortable with that kid floating around. Yeah, anyway. that's, that's what – I reckon you've nailed this one, Mark. Thanks for your call. Always nice to hear from you. He's my roughie, Latham Vandermeer. I was waiting for a text. We didn't get a text on him. I thought we'd get a Doggies fan – Point us in the direction of Lathan Vandermeer. He's a good size, this kid. I've seen him play running halfback. I've seen him play third tall. I've seen him play midfield so far already. 
He's he's got he's made of the right stuff, Latham Vandermeer. He's slotted beautifully into that team this year. Uh, Nick wants to talk about the rising star. Nick, good evening to you. Hey, you mate. Good mate. Yeah, I reckon. I hope May Rao wins just because I want to see him do the double. Actually, <laughs> he'll still qualify for next year as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, geez, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be? Uh, we've never had that before. We've never had a two-time rising star winner. He he could create history. He's, he's going to create a fair bit of history, I reckon, at, at various points. But mm, if he goes back to back, that would be superb. It would be remarkable when you think about it. That I did pose the question: Do you think he could still win it? The, the overwhelming theme off the text, and we're already up to about 155 texts for the night already. But the overwhelming theme is no. That that the view is that he he won't win it or can't win it or probably shouldn't win it. It just depends. It still needs someone to sort of push forward and, and be the outstanding candidate, I suppose. And more often than not, not always, but more often than not, the voting committee get the, uh, the, the, um, they get the right person at the end of the day. Uh, Will Kelly as a rising star, Smokey, that's coming through. Will Kelly's name is getting mentioned a lot. I get the sense that Pies fans are really, really excited about Will Kelly playing this weekend. Stuart from uh, Warburton tells us that it's five father-sons in the one team this week. You've got Josh Dacos. You've also got Darcy Moore, Tyler Brown, Callum Brown, and now Will Kelly. I wonder if the Cats, I want to go away and have a look at this. I wonder if the Cats ever had a stage where they had, and they had some fantastic father-sons, but I wonder whether they ever had five in the same team. I actually highly doubt it. Sam's in North Baldwin. Evening to you, Sam. Hey, g'day, Jack. Um, one that I think has gone under the radar a bit, I used to be involved quite a bit with junior football in South Australia, is um, Isaac Rankin. Mm-hmm. If he gets back on the park, mm-hmm. he's the most talented junior I've ever seen play football by a long way. Not just by, And he broke the record for points in his bottom age year at the National Champs and then broke his own record the year after. And he made... The Super Draft kids look stupid at the national chance. Like, he was just so dominant in the big game against Nick Metro. He kicked three goals, two in the first quarter, and took a hanger and kicked one off the left foot. If he comes in fit and ready to go at the Gold Coast, he, he will have every chance to win the Rosie stuff. Sam, I um, I've seen, I spoke about this earlier with Isaac Rankin because the news coming through is that he's a fair chance to play this weekend. I've seen a, a, a bit of his junior representative footy. You've obviously seen a lot more than I have and most of us have. What sort of player is he? Just try and describe him for us. Uh, well, he's got, he's got that um, incredible balance and cruising speed. So he kicked a goal uh, during the footy I watched when it was in the wet, bouncing the footy, about, had about six bounces running through the middle. And he can change gears but, and, and burn people with speed, but he's still going so smoothly that he can do whatever he wants to do with the ball, kick it perfectly, change direction, um, he's just, I mean, it's hard to explain how uh, unbelievably talented he is. He's like, you laugh when you watch him, that's what I can say. He makes, at 15 years old, when he made his league debut for, against West Adelaide, he made grown men look stupid on the field. Yeah, and X Factor, I keep, look, I remember in, in, around the draft, that was the buzzword with Isaac Rankin, his X Factor. He's got X Factor, and sometimes that can be a bit of a, a BS term, I reckon, where it's it's sort of... You know, they well, what's X Factor? What does it what does it actually mean? Well this kid whatever X Factor is in your own mind, this this kid's got it. He's he's got some serious sparks. Sam, appreciate your call. Nice to hear from you. Uh, off the text, we're talking father sons. The Bulldogs 
had Mitch Wallace, Lockie Hunter, Zane Cordy, Riley West, Tom Liberatore all in the one team. Very good. Very observant Bulldogs supporter. And the Cats, Mark Blake, Ablett by two, Nathan and Gary, Matthew Scarlett, Tom Hawkins. Yeah, that's that's good. It's one of the great legacies, I reckon, and one of the great things in footy. I know that some have got some views about the way that it's all shaped at the moment and the, the bidding system and all that sort of stuff. I understand that and I hear a lot of those concerns, but it makes a lot more sense than what it used to. But having the rule itself makes a hell of a lot of sense. I reckon it could probably drop slightly. It's 100 at the moment. I wonder, wonder if 50 is enough. I wonder if it's 50 or 60. It's probably another chat for another day. You with time on on SEN. A little bit later on, we're going to head to Southampton and talk to Jonathan Norman. He's just having a little bit of an issue with his phone, but he'll join us very, very shortly. Still a lot to get through and answer this question for me on the other side of this. one 736 736 Who's it a big weekend for? More of your calls after this. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on with Jack Heverin. Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for us to come away and you know, really connect as a group and some of the things that we couldn't do at, at training and, and with our meetings we're allowed to do now, which is great. The growth of our people will be the, the biggest thing. As I mentioned before, the kids and our younger players, you know, watching day in, day out, how a Jack Billings operates, a Jaron Geary, Seb Ross and co, that'll that'll influence their career and start to shape their career. So I think that's the biggest thing that um, we'll get out of it. Good to have your company on Time On. That's Brett Ratton, the coach of the Saints, talking ahead of... Well, talking, now that they're in, not ahead of, now they are now in hub life like all of the Victorian teams. And for the next little while, you would imagine, big weekend for the Saints. Who's it a big weekend for? one 736 736 to join me. We often do this on a Wednesday. Finish the sentence. It's a big weekend for, and I'll let you fill the rest out just before I get to your calls. Uh, Geelong have opted to give Jack Stephen a rest after a five-day break. So he won't play uh, in Thursday night's game against Brisbane at the SCG. Played three in a row, uh, and he won't be out there. Sam Simpson back into the team for the Cats. Hasn't played since round 17, 2018, Sammy Simpson. Uh, Dane Zorko back in for Brisbane. Missed the one game with a calf last week, and Cam ellis Yolman ironically, uh, injured a calf, and he won't be out there this weekend as well. There was discussion around whether or not Gary Ablett would be rested with Geelong, but he will play after game number 350 last week, and... Gee, look at the emergencies for both teams. And maybe this is a sign of that they're going well at the moment. Jordan Clark, still an emergency for the Cats. And Alex Witherden, if you had said this to me this time last year, there's no way I would have believed you. Alex Witherden is still an emergency for Brisbane. Hasn't been in the team since round one. That is really, really surprising. But they obviously don't feel as though with Grant Birchall available that there's a spot for Alex Witherden right now. Who's it a big weekend for? one 736 736 Nathan's in Craigieburn. G'day, Nathan. Yeah, good evening there. How are you? Excellent. Uh, I reckon it's a big weekend for the Saints and Max King as well with the Saints because Max King has he can have a breakout game this week and put his name up for the Rising Star. And I reckon it's a big week for the Saints because that they always lose to teams that are like way below them, and I reckon it's a good chance to take the ledger up, win Adelaide and Fremantle in the next few weeks. Yeah, you got a couple of really winnable ones, the Saints, don't you, Nathan? Appreciate the call. You look at it, 
uh, from a Freo perspective, they've already said that Griffin Logue won't be in this weekend. Jesse Hogan won't be there as well. So that robs them of some big depth and particularly Logue down back. Joel Hamling not in the team. It starts to make the Dockers back six small and a bit skinny. I was just talking before about Max King and and maybe this is the game where he does blow it wide open. He's close against an undermanned Dockers back six. Maybe this is the game. Absolutely agree. Also off the text, uh, David from Elwood says it's a big weekend for Brad Hill to prove to his old team Fremantle, who St Kilda are playing, that he's worth the money that's on his contract. He must also prove that he's worth the money to St Kilda as he's been quiet for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he has. He has, averaging 16 disposals. Draw draw a line through that with, with this year and the short numbers and all that sort of stuff. I thought his game against Collingwood in round three, albeit in a losing team, was really, really good. I thought he's probably St Kilda's best player on that day. I was there and I did that game. I thought he was solid against Richmond. Had a really, really quiet week against Carlton. So... Uh, he'll be keen to bounce back. And as you say, he'll be absolutely keen to bounce back against his for the team, former team. Craig's in Mount Martha. Evening to you, Craig. Good, Jack. How are you? Good, thanks. Listen, a uh, massive weekend for Victorian football followers. Um, you know, you'll be able to hear a pin drop in Victoria. There's no AFL, VFL matches played down here. Mm. There's no metropolitan country football, junior football, no nothing. So... Massive weekend for the uh, Victorian football public. However, you know, massive weekend also for um, for the first year players who will actually be playing uh, with a crowd around. Yeah, I um, I had that written down, Craig. Appreciate your call. It is a big weekend for footy in that we're going to get some crowds back at games. And while I think the broadcasters, both radio and TV, we've all done our best. We've tried to add in a little bit of can noise and something just to make it sound a little bit more realistic. And I reckon Seven and Fox have, have worked their absolute hardest to to give us some sort of game day experience and superimpose things in the in the stands and all that sort of stuff. But it's not the same. We know it's not the same. Uh, to actually get some fans back at games this weekend might also, almost be a bit of a shock to the system at first, to actually look into the stands and see that there will be fans there. But the next couple of weeks are, are really going to add to that opportunity and to that experience, and definitely from next week when we go to Perth, and there's multiple games played at Perth, Geelong and Collingwood, I think we'll get a really good crowd on the Thursday night at Optus Stadium. You've got the the big game between Fremantle and West Coast that fans will always go to. Adelaide Oval for Monday footy is going to have some decent numbers as well. Yeah, the next couple of weeks is a, a really good one. Albeit it's not in Victoria, but it is a national competition. It's not a Victorian competition. Jeff from Bo Morris says it's a big weekend for St Kilda to go four and two and hopefully make the finals and do a Bulldogs of 2016 and a Richmond of 2017 and come from nowhere to win the flag in 2020. Gee, Jeff's getting excited. Jeff, I love you. Positivity. Just get through this week first, as you say. St Kilda and Fremantle will do battle. And then after that, follows up with Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval, which, unfortunately for Crows fans, every other team is going to start as favourite. Crows are a mile off at this point in time. So go four and two, couple of wins, and finals are looking one step closer for sure. Keep your texts coming. 04 33 98 11 16. We'll try again. We're going to cross over to Jonathan Norman from Talk Sport in Southampton after this.
Sports. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everett. Very open to um, to opinions from people, and just because Joe's not here, um, that doesn't mean I'm not going to use him. You know, Joe's always been very open and willing to um, to advice from um, from players. Um, so um, I think I'll be stupid to to go away from that. Um, we've got so much experience in this team that, um, as I said, it would be silly not to lean on that if I feel like I need some advice. Um, it's been, but with Joe, obviously, with his personal situation, it's it's been sort of letting him deal with that. Um, so I haven't been on him too much, um, but I'm sure once the test match starts, I know for a fact that he'll be at home watching. Um, and you know, I know that the phone, uh, his phone, will always be um, available for me to to get in contact with him if I need to. Do you know? Ben Stokes talking again ahead of his first test as England captain. That match to start. In roughly under an hour from now, some reports around that the weather, this will shock you, mind you, this is pretty hypocritical coming from Melbourne, but some reports around that the weather, not great. Fingers crossed, we can actually get some play. Fingers crossed. Uh, the forecast not looking ideal at this stage. 117 days between cricket. I know we're buried right in the middle of an AFL and an NRL season right now, but if you love your cricket, and I definitely do, I'm going to be watching this one with interest. 50% forecast chance of rain throughout the first session, and then it should clear later on this afternoon. You might have heard Ben Stokes mention there that Joe Root won't be in the team. Now, Joe Root is awaiting the birth of his child with his partner. So it's his second child, by the way, too. So it means that Ben Stokes will captain the team, and Jason Holder will continue to captain the West Indies team. England will be the absolute red-hot roaring favourites. It's a three-test series. There's a lot of restrictions around the way that this series is is going to operate. It's going to be played behind closed doors, which will be very different. But we've got some experience that of that here with the AFL and the NRL happening in Australia. Um, there's been some rules that have been put in place around no saliva on cricket balls, which has been hotly debated. And the players are staying on site as well. So for, definitely for the first test in Southampton and the third test at Old Trafford, they actually won't be able to leave the facility, uh, which is bizarre in itself. But uh, this is the world that we are living in. Just recapping the news coming through from a selection point of view, Gary Ablett will play for Thursday night's game against Brisbane at the SCG. I spoke earlier about some discussions about whether he would be rested. He won't be rested. He will line up for them this weekend. Dane Zorko back in as well. Didn't play last week with a calf injury. And uh, that's the main change from a Brisbane point of view. Cam Alice Yolman is out injured and sure. Sam Simpson's going to come back in. I should say for, uh, for Jack Stephen from a, Geelong team who has been managed, but that's it. Other than that, uh, Cats will go in pretty well as selected. Uh, Saul in Caulfield says you can get free access to England versus the West Indies for those without Foxtel. You can live stream on cricket.com.au or the Cricket Australia app. You just need to sign up with a cricket ID, which is on cricket.com.au, which is as free as well. I'll be definitely doing a bit of that. I'll be having a very, very good look at that uh, tonight. VFL officially called off today. If you're catching up with some of the other news from across the day and some of the stuff that you've missed here on Time On, it was inevitable, but it was unfortunately a decision that had to be made. Gary Ayres has spoken on SEN today. Mark Choco-Williams has spoken 
on SEN today as well. But the VFL season has been abandoned because of the sudden COVID spike uh, in Melbourne. Clubs were told today that um, it won't proceed. It was going to be a, a smaller campaign. There would be eight clubs originally. Uh, that was down to seven. After Casey withdrew last week, there was some medical advice about risks in the, the local area. And Casey uh, is one of the areas in metropolitan Victoria that are increasingly seeing higher numbers. So that decision has been made. The now the decision has absolutely been made that there will not be a VFL season for 2020. It's an enormous shame. Uh, the VFL has got such a place in, in Victorian sport, even in a condensed competition like we were going to see this year. Um, there was still a role there, and unfortunately, that now won't be happening. The fixtures boss of the AFL, Travis Old, who I've said on this show before, I do not envy his job. It changes by the day. And he spoke today about four-day breaks and that they potentially may need to come in at some stage this season. At this stage, I think we can get the five games away in the 32 days. Uh, but if things change, then we've certainly got the ability to compress uh, if we need to. We've had conversations with clubs and certainly the Players Association um, that, that a four-day break um, with the right conditions around it is certainly achievable. Um, and so, um, you, know, uh, you know, it's about travel and um, the day's break of the opponent. Whereas five-day breaks sort of used to be the minimum, I think in, in these conditions with a shorter game, maybe the odd four-day break um, um, clubs can live with. It's inevitable at some stage, I suppose. Um, it's not ideal, and I'm sure that the players wouldn't want it. If you speak to most players, I don't think they'd speak out of school, but most players uh, feel that four is tough, five can be done, but it's being canvassed. That's being reported by Fox Sports and, and other outlets as well that uh, it's definitely being canvassed as something that, that will be considered. Uh, the Commission Chairman Richard Goiter and Gil McLaughlin, CEO of the AFL, was speaking with club presidents and CEOs this morning. So it'd be interesting to see what, uh, what comes out of that this afternoon. But uh, the suggestion that there might be a, a four-day break at some stage may be more than a suggestion. It may, in fact, be a reality. The Melbourne Storm, in other news, from an NRL perspective, they're expecting to play their next three home games on the Sunshine Coast. We spoke to the boys uh, earlier in the in the uh, in the week or last night, in fact, Maxie King and Nico Hines, and they're expecting to be there for a while at their resort at Twin Waters on the Sunshine Coast. But their latest six weeks lockdown, which came into force as of Wednesday, will mean that they're going to be there for another period of time. So they've got Newcastle in round twelve, the Bulldogs in round thirteen, and uh, that now means that by playing these games as home games on the Sunshine Coast that they don't actually have to make the the trip to Suncorp to play in Brisbane, which is the best part of 2,000 kilometres. The stadium seats about 6,000 people, which at this stage should be all okay. And you would imagine that they probably won't get too many more to the venue outside of that. But it's a much better result for the Melbourne Storm, for sure. Before we finish up, I heard Gary and Tim talking this morning on SEN Breakfast about the grand final. It's inevitable now with um, six-week lockdown in Melbourne that we have to start to have a very serious look at the grand final for this year and where it's going to be played and what it's all going to look like. The boys had their views this morning. AFL grand final. Not going to happen, is it, in Melbourne? I, well, we're, where are we now? We're um, the first week 
At the end of the first week of July, the grand final is supposedly going to be played in the last day or on the almost the last day of October. There's still a long time to go between now and then, but I, you can't you can't see a world here in Victoria whereby there would be crowds allowed to be attending a game of football on yeah. mass. So I think they need to start, and I think they have probably already started negotiating with other states. I reckon those conversations have absolutely started. Some news just coming through as well from Southampton ahead of the first test between England and the West Indies. Discussion around that Stuart Broad won't be in the team. That would be big news. Uh, Ben Stokes will obviously play as captain. uh, And the thought at this stage is that they might go for a Joffre Archer-Mark Wood combination with Jimmy Anderson back. He didn't play in the South African series, which feels like it's a million years ago. So keep your eyes on that one. That match to start in the next hour, but the talk around is that Stuart Broad will not be in the team. Big thanks to all of you for your calls and your text. As always, it's great to catch up with you. We'll do it again tomorrow night from 6 o'clock with the match committee. Terry Wallace will join me. Stay safe. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.